Hey everybody, this is Ryan Shear back with another edition of Small Business Chronicles. Today I have Mr. Chad Betts with us. Uh, two-time author, working on being a third-time author, business coach, and today we are going to start talking about why it's not too late as two middle-aged men that are going to sit here and talk about business. I didn't start till I was late in life, so it's a matter near and dear to my heart. Uh, So everybody give a warm welcome to Chad. How are we doing today, Chad? Great, Ryan. Thanks a lot for having me today. Hey, uh, thanks for being here. Uh, When I was doing the research and I seen what your topics and your books are, it's never too late. Uh, A a little bit. I didn't start my professional journey till my mid thirties. And even then I thought it was too late. And here I sat 10 years later at the top of my game uh, doing things I never even thought I could do. Uh, But, but you're the expert on this. I, uh, so, so take it away and tell us why you pick this particular subject matter for your book. Well, one, I, like you, am a late bloomer. It took me a while to really get launched into uh, what I really wanted to do. And in my research, I found that you know, people think there's an expiration date on success. Uh, and that's really perpetrated by social media and even traditional media. What do we see? We see uh, the 20 under 20, the 30 under 30. You know, what about the 50 over 50? You know, they, for, they forget that all this experience that you've built up over time is valuable. And you're ready and primed to find that thing that gets you to where you want to go. Uh, and, and one of the big things that I always was told was uh, was youth is wasted on the young, not that young people out there and they're not blazing a trail and they're not doing amazing things. But you're right. The 40 over 40, 50 over 50. There's a certain amount of experience that goes with just being alive that long that is beneficial and can get you where you want a little bit quicker than I think a 20 or 30 year old would get there. So give me a little bit of history. What did you do before you got into business? What what was your what was your precursor to your late blooming? I it's I've always been in business, but it's always been that fear. I'm not ready to take that next step. Uh, getting yeah. stuck in the planning trap. I will get there. I can do that. I need to take that next class. I'm not ready to take that jump. So it was more of that, that, uh, you know, some people call it imposter syndrome. Sometimes it's just self-doubt, but it's that little voice inside that says, you know what, you're just not ready. And when I wrote my first book uh, and I got that done and believe it or not, the, the lesson came from the criticism, you know, and being able to accept that criticism made me realize that I had to be vulnerable. And I read uh Brene Brown's uh, uh, Daring Greatly, uh, and that really opened me up to realize failure is okay. I can try, and if you fail, you're falling forward. You're actually still getting towards your goal. That failure is part of the plan. And once I realized that, that's when I knew I can go and achieve the things I wanted to achieve, like writing the books, like going out and doing public speaking, uh, coaching CEOs. That is, you know, the thing that opened the door to open myself up to that criticism and learn from it and move forward. Uh, I always call it failing upwards. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. is what I always it, it called it because I would, I would get nervous about. So, so a little bit of my background is I dropped out of high school when I was 16, I became a factory worker, then a truck driver. And then, then I started doing some podcasting and that kind of got shifted me into marketing. I figured out if I could do the marketing, I could pocket more of the money. So then I just started learning more marketing, learning more marketing, doing more things, educating myself and getting to where it was. But you know how many times I made an ass of myself or I did the wrong thing or or I, I took the wrong class or I applied it the wrong area. But that's just as much knowledgeable information as the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that whole Thomas Edison thing of it took him 100 tries to make the light bulb because he was he did. He didn't fail 99 times. He found 99 ways not to make a light bulb. And, and you're right. That fear of failure and imposter syndrome can just be crippling. Yeah. And there's so many critics out there and that's, and it's all how you react to it. In the beginning, when I first started putting content on LinkedIn and other uh, venues, if someone criticized it and I thought, Oh, wow, that's wrong. I would actually take it down. But now I would just, I just respond to it. And if they're right, if there's a misspelling in there, I acknowledge it. I thank them and move it along. And actually you can't see it because it's off screen. Uh, but I have Theodore Roosevelt's The Man in the Arena posted right here on my wall. Uh, so whenever I start feeling that, oh, they're all, they're out to get me, I could read this. And, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's he who actually strives to do the deeds, not the person who criticizes. Uh, and that's just that inspires me. So what I do, because imposter syndrome doesn't go away. It's how you manage it. Uh, it recently, I seen a picture of Vin Diesel and he's very overweight um, with with a beer gut and he's pale. And and so somebody posted that picture and looks like, look at Vin Diesel's on his yacht and look at how fat he is. And mm-hmm. my response was, he's on a yacht. It doesn't matter. Like, like people are to the side. They're always going to criticize you for something. And it doesn't matter what that is. And especially if you do public speaking, if you do anything out in the open, anything in the public, when I was just a radio DJ and I'm like, Hey, here's David Bowie singing some stuff. There, there wasn't a whole lot of fear there. But when I stepped on stage the first time to do a marketing seminar and I could be wrong. There, you, you can be wrong. And you're right. You have to acknowledge those and you have to learn from those. But that it's a definite fear difference in I'm doing what I'm comfortable with, but now I'm exposed and saying things people can attack. Mm-hmm. And in my, in my second book, The Second Mouse Gets to Cheese, I talk about the isolation trap where we try to address things ourselves when we feel alone. Uh, and yes. when we get that criticism, it just it hits us. Whereas if you're able to build a mastermind group, and that's, you know, that's not my idea. That's Napoleon Hill from, I think, the 20s, the 1920s. <laughs> and you know, to build that group around you of people you trust, who you can exchange ideas with, and will tell you how it is. You know, like I was talking about my uh, the late bloomer getting the criticism there. I gave it to people I trusted. And when I asked for the criticism, I wanted it. When I got it, not so much. But I had to tell myself that they are helping me. And as soon as I realized that, that these are people I trusted, I gave them the books for a reason. Uh, and that's how I learned. So that feedback, even though it was, you know, negative feedback, it was to help me, you know, versus, you know, the Vin Diesel critic. They're not helping anybody. They're just trying to show themselves no. as trying to be important at the expense of someone else. Yeah. And, and you have to trust those people. I, I used to have a friend 
And, and he was very brutally honest. So I would take anything that I would do, I would make my graphic design, my video editing, my all that I would take to him. And, and I found out that he was just more interested in the brutal part than the honest part. Yeah. And, and, and some people are like that, but finding, you're right, that mastermind network mm-hmm. and finding the people that you trust that can give you that feedback to locate your growth. Because you have to understand whatever industry you're in. There's, there's different ways to grow. There is right. not a cookie cutter way to do it. Right. And it's, it is about that growth. And we're, you know, it's a, we're, we talk about age as a number and that's true to a point, but you know, me at 50 physically is a lot different than me at 20 physically. So I need to be conscious of that. So uh, if let's put it this way, if I had gone out drinking last night, uh, and I had this podcast this morning, I would not be coherent, whereas I may have been in my <laughs> 20s. So those are all things we have to be cognizant of. We have to be a little bit more cognizant of fitness and not because, you know, people are going to criticize uh, because, uh, you know, we're fat. I mean, I'm fat and that's life, but I have a level of energy. It's hard to say you're yeah. a high energy individual if you get winded walking up the stairs. So <laughs> that, you know, that's the thing you have to be cognizant of uh, when you get older. So there's a few more maintenance items. Uh, there's, you know, keeping up with the times, you know, before we got on, we're joking around mute buttons and, you know, finding mm-hmm. the right microphone to be online. That's important to know. And, you know, one of the big age stereotypes is that, oh, they're out of touch, out of touch with technology, out of touch with new ideas. And to stay engaged, continue to learn and make sure you understand how to do like a a video thing like this. I mean, it's important to stay engaged with that learning and not stagnate. It, it's weird. I'm I'm 45, so I'm considered the subgroup between Gen X and Millennials. Mm-hmm. And and I remember that I, I grew up without the internet, but my dad was a computer programmer, so we had internet in like 1993, like when it was first a thing, right? And and so I've always had internet in my life, and I find that is a very good piece of advice that you just gave about being able to keep up technologically, because one of the things that I find in my industry and in marketing and stuff like that is people that don't, and and to make it in this world to to be as efficient as possible you have to be 50 years old and know how to program your vcr those were the good old days right Right. but now you have to figure out how to get on Streamyard, which microphone to hit how to appropriately use chat gpt what seo what sem is uh what how to use a crm and spreadsheets and automation so there's a lot to keep up with for our age group there, there is. And even let's just say you're not a person who's going to be in your own business, but you're an over 50 job seeker. A, a lot of interviews are not in person. They mm-hmm. are on this computer. And if the, per, if the interviewer has to say you're on mute, that sends a message. And you don't want to send that message. You want to send that you are on top of these things. So even uh, the good thing, too, about having this camera behind the camera, you could have a poster saying, make sure you're not on mute. You know, uh, (laughs) say this, say that. And you're looking at Have you been in my office? (laughs) (laughs) But that's that's the benefit of of this camera and the camera opens you up to the whole world. You know, where oh, yeah. like we were talking about public speaking, you know, I've, I've presented in Singapore in Saudi Arabia and in Malaysia without getting on a plane because of this little device here. It's an amazing and, thing. And, and probably and, pants were optional as well. So that's right. Especially in the summertime, it's a zoom wear. <laughs> you have the business <laughs> yeah, upper and you have the gym shorts lower. 
That's right. <laughs> That's and 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 one of the things that I wanted to touch on is you're we're we're of a similar age, and and back in the day, if you were a job seeker, I was charming enough that I could saunter in an office and BS somebody into giving me a job. That's just how life worked back then. But mm-hmm. that doesn't work that way now. And you're right. Little things like mute button, not being engaged, having bad internet. There's such a weird new set of markers to living in this online world and being of the age that we are. And it takes training. It takes learning, yeah. you know, knowing how to switch the microphone on, you know, typically it's zoom or teams, but in this case on StreamYard, you know, how to look at the camera. Our instinct is to look at the person we're talking to. But if I were to do that, I'm looking down here <laughs> and it looks like I'm reading something. I'm not paying attention where looking right. at the camera is eye contact. And that's incredibly right. important to make that connection because especially uh, in an interview or in a presentation, eye contact shows you you're engaged. And if you're looking over here, or down here, or over there, people don't think they're engaged, that you're engaged. So they're going to fade away. So it's really important to know these little things and to read about it and take classes to do it well. And, and, and just a little addendum to that. If you have kids that are technologically, technologically advanced and don't just say, hey, hey, Billy, come do this for me. Say, hey, Billy, teach me how to do this. Exactly. Uh, they, they were raised in that. They were in there. It'd be amazed at, at the people my age in marketing that I start going SEO, SEM, blah, blah, blah. blah and their, their face just glazes over. And I'm like, you, it's not an option to know certain things in this day and age. Mm-hmm. It, it's just not. So, so let, let, let's move on to the next chunk. So, so we've kind of talked about, we, we have to be, to be a late bloomer, you got to get over your imposter syndrome. You got to rely on your experience. You got to do a little work technologically to just advance yourself. Uh, what would be next? What would be your next piece of advice uh, uh, for somebody trying to get out there or trying to overcome that? Staying up on your industry trends. You know, making sure you know what's happening in the industry at all times. You know, whether uh, you're running your own business and you need to look for new customers, uh, whether uh, you're a, a corporate person uh, and need to know what's happening in the industry. Uh, and there's, it's so easy these days to do it. You can set up Google alerts. Uh, and the Google alerts will search the web for all different content to give it to you. Like uh, right now, I'm consulting uh, with uh, people who uh, make and service loans. So one of my Google alerts is on non-performing loans. Uh, and I find that I get things from other countries as well. So now I know that, you know, lending in uh, New Zealand and other uh Pacific uh, nations, there's a lot of defaults. And that's interesting for the people I am talking to. So being able to know what's happening, being connected and doing trend analysis, you'll be able to be able to speak to where your industry is going. That's very important. Uh, yeah, and just staying up on that information. And like we said, using that technology, because when you're consulting, whether you're marketing, whether you're, you're going into e-commerce or e-business, all of this changes rapidly. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and my kid were having a discussion this morning and, and they are 19. And I, I thought this was funny. They're 19. Uh, my next step down kid is 10. And it, me and me and my, my 18 year old was having a discussion about, 
uh, about being older and how we look at kids just being weird. And, <laughs> and uh, they told me, he's like, yeah, the 10 year old's weird to me now. So, so that's how quickly things change from 1700 right. to 1800. Not a lot of going on from 1800 to about 1890. Not a lot going on. This technology that we have, we're literally wrapping out progression at a record rate. And if you do not stay up on your business trend, because all of these businesses now are built on those trends, those technologies and everybody being just as informed as you make yourself. It's true. It's like I was uh, uh, looking at a post online. And it was funny. It was uh, about a father telling their child how Netflix used to mail uh, the movies <laughs> to them. And uh, then the uh, the kid got the old voice on. Yeah, back in the day, they used to mail the Internet to you, you know, <laughs> but those things change all the time. And now yeah. with, uh, people are afraid of chat GPT uh, and that it's going to take jobs. And it possibly will. Uh, that's why you need to learn about it. It won't necessarily eliminate <laughs> jobs, but no. it will eliminate jobs for people who don't know how to use it. At, at, you know, lawyers aren't going to be replaced by chat GPT. Marketers aren't going to be replaced by chat GPT. Lawyers and marketers are going to be replaced by lawyers and marketers that utilize and use chat GPT. Exactly. And you can make yourself so much more efficient. You know, it's, oh, yeah. you know, the, I mean, chat GPT, you know, they, they talk about students using it to write papers. Uh, and that's a, actually a poor use of it, not because it's cheating. Uh, that, well, of course, that's bad, but because it really only gets you 80% of the way there. You still need that experience and that knowledge in order to, you know, put it together. But for leveraging your time to get a presentation or an article or something else, 80% of the way there, and then using your expertise to bring it to that 100% high quality, how many more assignments can you do? How much more money can you make? How much more can you achieve because you're using the tools that make you more effective? And and that's right. And and one of the things, like you said, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of got that, that uh, I got mixed emotions about being used in school. One, people need to know how to use it. It's good to start early, but two, you're right. A lot of the things that chat GPT puts out first draft is not great. So you have to use that writing experience, that textualization, that, that formatting, the outlines and stuff like that to fix it. So if you teach them in school that chat GPT is correct that that's not a good thing. And that's where, like I said, our experience comes in there. How many papers have we written? How many presentations have we done? So when we go in uh, for chat GPT, when we go in and use chat GPT, we know how to arrange that and move that. And, and that's our experience. That's a, that's our gray hair talking is what that is. And the kids need to do that too. It's like when I was uh, teaching my kids to drive, my car had a backup camera and I had an, my older car did not. So I trained mm -hmm. them on the older car. So they had to learn yeah. that they have to turn around when they back up, when they have this <laughs> mirror here, because if I find myself getting lazy too with the camera and I didn't want them to learn with just the camera. Uh, and it's the same with a chat GPT or, you know, anything that's a, a tool, you should be able to do it without it. And that gives you that experience. So when you do it with it, you have now, you know, multiplied your, uh, your, your uh, ability to get things done rather than gaining a crutch. Oh, absolutely. Um, one of the things that I want to ask your opinion on as somebody that started late, uh, so you were kind of always in business. I wasn't, but I always, I used a lot of, of YouTube and a lot of resources out there also to keep up. 
new technologies. My path to marketing was graphic design, video editing. And then I learned the digital marketing side of it and all of that. How valuable do you find experts like yourself, YouTube and those resources? I use them all the time. Uh, like my parents have a Subaru Forester that I still have trouble helping them fix their clock. So I have to go on YouTube <laughs> each time to do it. But that, that still, it's like, it's okay that it's not up here. Uh, yeah. You don't have to have everything up here. It's like, uh, you know, we're, when we're talking about, you know, being knowing technology, you don't have yeah. to be an expert. Everything no. is right at your fingertips if you know how to search for it. Uh, and, that's, right. and, and in fact, I would say not to keep it up here, uh, to have what you really, what, what's your highest and best use? You know, what do you do best? And keep that up here. Keep everything else in your reference library, Google. YouTube, you know, some people, I don't use it, but some people use TikTok, you know, you know, mm -hmm. other uh, venues. It's, it's all right there. And yeah, I use it all the time from my martial arts training uh, to, you know, technology to, oh, I forgot how to do something in uh, Excel and you go right to it. And instead of, it's so funny. I, I, I work for, I was a consultant for a bank and there was so many people who would ask, well, how do you do this in Excel? And I would just check on Google, figure it out and tell them. And they thought I was a genius, but they could right. have done the same thing. <laughs> no, it, it, and, and that's what there, there's like a million processes. People do the same thing. Uh, and and do, people would come to me and ask me and I'm like, yeah, like you're on Teams. and You're like, yeah, give me a second. Or you just don't reply and you run over to, to YouTube or your resources or wherever to find that. Mm -hmm. The only downside to that is when the power goes out, you start feeling really dull. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, let me get back to you on that. <laughs> yeah. I have no Wi-Fi, so I have no... I, I don't know. We're going to wing it and I'm just going to make something up and hope it's correct. <laughs> That's how ChatGPT <laughs> does it. Yeah, it, it, if it doesn't know the answer, it's forced to answer. So if it doesn't know the answer, it'll give you something that's wrong. <laughs> Right. And, and, and you have to be really careful of that. I, yeah. I, I did an episode and it'll be released before this one. And, and me and the guy took a very honest look at chat GPT and we tore it apart and put it back together, how to use it. I've, I've been a day one adopter of chat GPT and, and, and whatever everybody says is bad about it is absolutely true. Mm -hmm. And all the praises about it are absolutely true as well. It is definitely a mixed bag that, that takes a little bit of training to learn. Yeah. And I, talk, I look at it as hiring an intern. You know, you're not yes. going to let the intern make huge business decisions for you, uh, but you're going to let them no. do the background work and then you're going to check their work and then you're going to add to it so that it's you know, up to your standard. Uh, so, you know, with chat, I'm sure you covered it too, but how do you ask the questions? You know, how do you check right. the work? Uh, how do you finish it using your expertise? Those are all things. Mm -hmm. Again, it, chat GPT is a tool. It's not a replacement for, you know, your expertise. No. Uh, uh, we got about five minutes left. So give me, um, the top three things, we've been really positive through this, but as a coach, as an author or whatever, we talked about failure. Give me three things people are doing wrong when they're trying to get ahead. When they're, they're, when they're a late bloomer, when, when they're ready to set out, what are the three biggest mistakes you see people like us make when they're trying to do it? Yeah, in, in the second mouse, my second book, uh, I find there's three traps. Uh, the first trap is the mediocrity trap. Well, things are okay. 
I don't have to improve because it's okay. And we get stuck in that middle. We're not failing, but we're not achieving our goals. We're just okay. And that's a big trap. Uh, the second trap we alluded to earlier is the isolation trap where we, f- we feel we're by ourselves. We're the only person who's going through this. And it's kind of natural. You know, we're, we're feeling bad, but that's where having that mastermind group. We're reading, uh, and not just even technical, you know, reading fiction and reading biographies will give you examples of how people have done things so you could use those uh, in your life. And the last one, this is a relatively recent one, is the artificial life trap. Where we kind of get stuck online, uh, you know, a good example are these online games where uh, like Le- uh, League of Legends or uh, Forge of Empires, where you spend all these times having these little bits of success online that aren't real. And I'm not, I, I mm-hmm. like video games too, but sometimes we put that on top of our uh, ability to achieve because it's a scary world out there. And if we can mm-hmm. achieve back here or even in volunteer organizations where we're building ourselves up and, uh, and volunteering is very important. I do a lot of it, but you can't replace excelling in volunteering with excelling in your goals. So the mediocrity trap, mm-hmm. the isolation trap and the artificial life trap are the three things I think uh, keep many of us from really getting to that higher level of success we all desire. Sid Meier's civilization was mine, yeah. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Between it and Skyrim, I spent more time playing those two games and I spent raising my kids. Yeah. So, you know, and it's so easy. I they're get addictive. that it That's what they're designed for. They are. Well, Chad, thank you so much for stopping by the Small Business Chronicles. You've been greatly informative. Um, uh, as we all look at, at when is it too late, it's never too late. It's never too late to get out there, to achieve your dream, to start doing better. Um, so so tell us where to find your books. Tell us what exactly the titles of your books are and, and how to get a hold of you and, and find your stuff. Sure. Uh, to get a hold of me, it's probably best to go to my website, ccbadvisoryllc.com. Uh, my books are Late Bloomer, It's Not Too Late to Succeed, and The Second Mouse Gets to Cheese, both available on Amazon. Uh, look up Chad C. Betts, and it'll bring you right to it. Well, I'm going to highly recommend that and I'm going to get those books and because I think we can always improve because you're never done. Uh, right. When I started my journey at, at being better at, at coming out of where I was at to be professional in business and do the thing, I thought there would be a day and time that I was done. I thought it was like a cake. You throw all the ingredients in there, you do some things and boom, you're successful. Uh, that's not the case. It's an ongoing thing. It's something that you'll continue to do. But, but, um, you know, Gen Xers and late stage millennials, we've got the experience. We've been in a world, we, we, we've watched it and we've got the experience. And I promise you, it's like, it's like doing things on fast forward to where I was 19, 20 and didn't have the maturity or emotional intelligence to do things. When I started my business journey at 35, I noticed those things were paramount to getting where I wanted to be and doing it quickly. Once again, Chad, thanks so much for your time here on Small Business Chronicles. And uh, all, all the ways to get a hold of Chad will be in the show notes. And thank you so much again, my friend. Thanks, Ryan. It was a great time.